This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is an American detective drama created by Blake Edwards. Dick Powell starred in the radio series as a wisecracking former police officer turned private detective. Episodes typically open with a client visiting or calling cash-strapped Diamond's office and agreeing to his fee of $100 a day plus expenses. Or Diamond taking on a case at the behest of his friend and former partner, Lieutenant Walter Levinson. And Diamond often suffers a blow to the head in his sleuthing pursuits. Most episodes end with Diamond at the piano singing a standard popular song or show tune from Powell's repertoire to his girlfriend Helen Asher in her penthouse at 975 Park Avenue. The theme, Leave It to Love, was whistled by Powell at the beginning of each episode. Well, tonight we hear about Jerome Jerome. Autolite and its 98,000 dealers present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents a special program for this holiday season. The unusual dramatization of Twas the Night Before Christmas, starring Miss Greer Garson, who appears by arrangement with MGM, producers of the new color picture, Knights of the Round Table, in Cinemascope, starring Robert Taylor, Ava Gardner, and Mel Ferrer. Good evening, this is Harlow Wilcox speaking for Autolite. Tonight, as a special Christmas presentation from the worldwide Autolite family, we bring you Miss Greer Garson in a story about a certain little girl on a certain Christmas Eve. And now, Autolite presents transcribed for the night before Christmas, hoping once again to keep you in... Come on, wake up. <laughs> wake up, Kathy. It's the day before Christmas. Oh, and there's so much... Oh, Miss Brock, it's night out already. You said you were going to wake me really early today so we could go to the airport and meet them. Come on, up you get. Let's get you dressed. Buffy, they're going to be waiting for me and you didn't wake me. I know what they're home already. Kathy. Mommy! Daddy, where are you? Daddy? Mommy? Bobby, they're not in their bedroom. Where are they? Kathy? I know. I'll bet they're in the kitchen already having their coffee. Mom! Miss Bob, they're not home. I know, honey. The clock in the kitchen said 8.30. Kathy, here, put this on, dear. You told me you wanted to wear this dress today. That's why I ironed it for you. Miss Bluff. Yes, dear? Why aren't they here? Oh, they'll be here. But when I talked to Mommy on the telephone yesterday, she said she would be here at 6 this morning. And I promised her I'd meet her at the airport, her and Daddy. I know, I know. And Daddy said he had a surprise he was bringing for me all the way from Paris. It's 8.30, Buffy. Let's go out to the airport now. Oh, but there's so many things to do. First, you've got to get your breakfast, and we have to finish decorating the tree. And, uh, oh, there's so many things I want you to help oh, me with. Oh, everything can wait, Buffy. Hurry, I promised to meet them. Uh, no, dear. Why not, Buff? 
Well, I think we'll we'll wait for them here. Cassie? Yes? You remember what you promised your mommy and dad? That you'd do everything I asked you while they were away? Yes. Then uh, we'll wait for them here. Hmm? All right, Buffy. Yes, we I know. Don't you think they might have called and told us they'd be late? Oh, I'll go and make our lunch. You must be very hungry. No, I'm not. Oh, you didn't eat your breakfast, Kathy. Miss Buff, I'm not hungry. Look. Oh, look, it's snowing, honey. We'll have a nice warm lunch, and then we'll go out for a long walk. Hmm? You should have called. I'll tell you what, Kathy. We'll take our walk first. We'll see the shops. We'll visit. We'll go and see Johnny and your aunt and uncle. Maybe if it snows hard enough, we can all build a snowman. Wouldn't you like that? Yes, that would be fun. <laughs> well, go get your coat and hat and galoshes, dear. All right. And then when we come back, Mommy and Daddy will be home. Well, you go and get your things now. Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it, Buffy. Mommy. Oh, who's this, Daddy? He's, um, all from a newspaper. I see. It's a man, Buff. He says he wants to talk to an older person. Here. Hello? Yes, this is the Harper residence. I'm the housekeeper. I... Uh, well, just a moment, please. Uh, Kathy? Who is it? Someone wants to talk to me, honey. Will you go get your things? No. Who are you talking to, Buffy? Never mind, dear. Go and get your things. No. No, I won't. Hello? Uh, I, I see. Yes. Yes, I saw the papers. Uh, yes, yes, that was the daughter. Yes, the only child. No, she doesn't. No. No, no, I wish you wouldn't. Please, don't hear. No. Who was it? Oh, it's just a man, honey. Well, it's from the newspaper. Why? What did he want? Nothing. He asked about me, didn't he? Why? Honestly, honey, it was nothing. It was about Mommy and Daddy. Oh, it wasn't anything important. Well. Yes, dear? I don't know. Look at that snow coming down, Kathy. Hmm. Get your things, dear. Go on. Beautifully, Kathy. Very lovely. The street and all the decorations and the singers. It's very lovely, Miss Buck. Honey, here, give this to the man. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Miss Buck. Thank you, Miss Buck. Thank you. Let's go home now. In a little while, don't you remember? Going visiting, too. Mommy and Daddy are probably home right now, waiting for me, wondering where I am. And we'll build a snowman together, like I said. Come on, honey. I remember when I was a little girl how excited I get. Oh, all the wonderful things to see the sights and the smells and, and the sounds. Pretty shop windows and the snow. Be a little girl at Christmas time. To be young at Christmas time. And happy yet. What's the matter, Buffy? Oh, Kathy. Buffy. Let me hold you. Oh, Kathy, darling. Buffy, you're crying. Well, I'm just sitting, I guess. I look, there's Santa Claus watching us. Let's say hello to him. You were crying. Hello, Santa. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, little girl. Merry Christmas. Well, you're a pretty little girl. What's your name? Kathy. Oh, that's a nice name for a nice little girl like you. Thank you. And I can tell you've been a good little girl. I saw the way your mommy was holding you. She's Miss Buff. My mommy's away. Daddy, too. 
We're taking a walk to make them come home. Oh, and where are they? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kathy, come in, darling. And Miss Bow. How are you? Come in, come in. Mother, mother, guess who's here? Why, Kathy and Miss Bow. Hello, Hello, Mrs. Cleveland. Take your things off. We've got a big fire in the living room. And wait till you see our Christmas tree, Kathy. I'm sure it's very beautiful. I'll bet Kathy came to see her cousin Johnny, didn't she? Yes, I did, Uncle Ted. I would like to see him very much. Do you know what that boy of mine did, Miss Bow? No. He found the train. Oh, he did? After I took so much trouble to hide them out in the garage, he found them. So, of course, I had to set them up for him. Well, it's the day before Christmas. He's uh, in his room now, Kathy. Yes, I would like to play with the train. Of course you would. Johnny! I can't come out, Daddy. I'm busy. Kathy's here. Hey, come on out and play with my trains, Kathy. You ought to see. I got them all hitched up now. Go on, Kathy. All right. I've been on the phone since seven this morning, Miss Buff, and there just isn't any word at all about the plane. Look, look, look! A man from the newspaper called the house. I told him to stay away. Does the child know? <laughs> I, I think she does. What did you tell her? Nothing. How do you tell a child? Look at it go! What I can't understand is why no word at all. The plane took off from Paris on time, and there was radio contact over Ireland, from what I could find out. But since then, nothing. You'd better tell her, John. Tell me what? Well, there was a storm oh. over the ocean. A pretty bad storm. They said... Miss Frost. Yes, darling? I just figured out something. It's about Mommy and Daddy. Kathy. They're not coming home. They're not ever coming home. Autolite is bringing you Miss Greer Garson with Anne Whitfield as Kathy... In Twas the Night Before Christmas, tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage, Miss Greer Garson in Elliot Lewis's production of Twas the Night Before Christmas. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Oh, it's going to be good to get inside of the house, Kathy. Look at you. You look almost like the snowman you and Johnny built. Yes. Let me brush you off a bit before we go inside. There's a man there. Can't you say, darling? Right there, standing by the door. A man. Hello. Good evening, miss. Hello, little girl. Is this your house? Yes, I live here. Who are you? What do you want? Well, then you'd be the Harper's little girl, wouldn't you? Yes. I asked you, who are you? Now, don't worry about it, ma'am. I just want to take a picture of the little girl. You want your picture taken, little girl? Well, you're the reporter I talked to this morning, aren't you? And uh, we'll want one of you, too, ma'am. Here, get in the house, Kathy. Don't stand there, dear. Get in the house. I'll be here in a moment. It's Christmas Eve, Mr. Reporter. Did you know that? Oh, now, look, ma'am. I it's got Christmas to... Eve. 
Where's your heart? Oh, look, you've got to understand. I talked to you on the phone. It was almost ten hours ago, before noon. It's nighttime already. There still isn't any word about the plane. I represent a newspaper, ma'am. We've got to assume... Well, you know, I don't want to say it any more than you do. Oh, just go away. Oh, now, really, I've got to... Were you... Were you ever lonely on Christmas Eve? Alone in a house that's empty? While outside, other people were singing. When it was warmth and love and joy. But outside... I'm just trying to groom Christmas Eve. The snow is falling. Christmas Eve. And the child is... Is grieving. Yeah. I'm sorry. Good night. Cassie. I'm in the living room, Buffy. I, I just had a wonderful thought. Yes? Let's have a secret. What, Buffy? Let's not wait till tomorrow. What do you mean? We go to our tree and open some of our presents now. Maybe just one. We'll choose the one with the most beautiful wrapping. You can open it, and you can play with it now. Well, I'll go and pick something for you to eat. I'm not hungry, Buff. Honestly, I'm oh, not. Oh, just some milk and cookies, honey. You haven't eaten Oh, I... Well, well, let's choose. Go ahead, pick one. All right. That one. Hmm? It's, uh, it's from Mr. and Mrs. Anderson next door. Open it. You open it, Buffy. Very well. Oh, look. Very nice. A carousel. Well, I'll wind it for you. And we'll put it down here. Yeah. <laughs> you watch it. When it runs down, you can wind it up again. I'm going into the kitchen. sitting in the living room for the last hour. Well, what's the matter, Miss Buff? Kathy ran out of the house. Oh, poor child. I can imagine how she must well, feel. I thought she might have come over here next door. She just ran out of the house. I don't know where she is. Oh, a child like that and what happened to her today. Now, wait. I'll get my coat, Miss Buff. I'll come with you. Paul, have you seen Kathy? Sure. Well, where is she? I don't know. Where is she, Paul? Where did she go? How am I supposed to know where she went? But you saw her, didn't you? Sure. She was running down the block. I yelled at her to come on over, but she kept running. Uh, which way, Paul? Down there, I guess. Where the stores are. Uh, thank you. Sure. Merry Christmas, Mr. Anderson. Merry Christmas, Miss Paul. Hey, what? <laughs> store, Miss Buff, and I, I'm the only one on the block who's open. Last-minute Christmas rush, you know. Thank you, Mr. Rockford. Say, now, that kid and what happened to that plane today, I'd sure let the police know she was missing. I think he's right, Miss Buff. Call them, please. Call them. Oh, uh, use this phone, Mr. Anderson. Thank you. Uh, hello, operator? Uh, give me the police. Uh, oh, hello, police? I want to report a little girl who's missing. Uh-huh. Kathy Harper. 
Well, she's got blonde hair and blue eyes. And... Oh, wait a second. I'll find out. You just go in the house, Miss Buff. I'm sure they'll find her. It's ten o'clock. They've been looking for three hours. Oh, they have ways. They'll find her. We waited in that station house. All the policemen who phoned in. None of them. Well, you just go in the house. Now, I'll send Mrs. Anderson on. No, no, really. I'd, I'd rather you wouldn't. Well. Good night, Mr. Anderson. Thank you. Patrolman Reed, ma'am. You found Kathy? Yes, ma'am. Where is she? You better come with me, ma'am. Visions of sugar plums danced in her head. And Mama and her kerchief and I in my cap had just sat down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Way to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw open the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow Give a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh, an eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver. So lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses became. He whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now, Dasher, now, Dancer. 
Neutronson and Dixon, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donda and Dixon, to the tops of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. Hey, baby. Hey, hey, it's Christmas. We don't cry on Christmas. I thought, oh, baby. Baby. Hey, how about a big hug for me? Oh, Daddy. Ah, that's my girl. We have Miss Puff. I was in bed. She was reading to me. In bed's the place for you. Come on, I'll carry you. I know, darling, I know. Hello, Buffy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Buff. We had to make an emergency landing in Newfoundland. Small field communications were shot that storm. Yes, yes. Let's not talk about it anymore now. Buffy was reading me a wonderful thing about the night before Christmas. Here. I'll put you in bed, Kathy. There. There you are. Read it to us, Buffy. To all of us. Oh, well, I, um, lost my place. I... <sighs> Read it, Buffy. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with a sleigh full of toys. And St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkle, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. I drove in my head and was turning around. Down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back and looked like a peddler just opening his back. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a red jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twitch in his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word that went straight to his work and filled all the stockings. He turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down on a sister. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Miss Greer Garson in a dramatization of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Tonight's production in Autolite's Suspense. Miss Garson will return in just a moment. Next week on Suspense, our star will be Mr. James Mason, who as Lord Essex plots to capture Elizabeth's throne. It's called The Queen's Ring. Suspense is transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis. The music composed by Lucian Marwick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Chorus was under the direction of Roger Wagner. Twas the Night Before Christmas was written for Suspense by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. In tonight's story, Anne Whitfield was heard as Kathy. Featured in the cast were Harry Bartell, Irene Tedrow, Mary Lansing, Charles Calvert, Howard McNear, Herb Butterfield, Johnny McGovern, Sidney Miller, Joseph Kearns, and John Ramsey Hill. And here once again is our lovely star, Miss Garson. Harlow, thank you very much. And thank you, Anne Whitfield. While I have these few moments, may I join the Autolite family in sending holiday greetings to our friends everywhere. 
Merry Christmas, Harlow. Merry Christmas, Queer. A Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. This is the CBS Radio Network. Stay tuned for Our Miss Brooks next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to drop into Madison High to see what's happening with Connie Brooks and the gang of usual suspects in tonight's episode entitled Taxidermists. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's new water-repellent flow coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Dick LeGrand, Cliff Arquette, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra, including Ken Darby's own musical setting for The Night Before Christmas. been a lot of rivalry in Westville Vista over whose house is the most beautifully decorated for Christmas. Mr. McGee of number 79 has never placed in the first 25. Until maybe this year, because here in the hardware store, laying in a supply of outdoor lighting equipment, we find that once a year exterior decorator and his wife, Fibber McGee and Molly. That'd be all, Mr. McGee. reason I ask is, on account I think you got everything we had in the store. <laughs> well, now, let me see. Check the list over with me, bud. 900 foot of wire. Wire. Three pairs of flyers. Better make that five pairs. I keep losing them in the shrubbery. Why don't you get a dozen pairs, McGee? We could give the extra ones as Christmas presents. With a little card that says we'd like to have done something bigger for you, but we feel the pinch this year. <laughs> No, no, let's be practical, Molly. 300 assorted light bulbs. 300 light bulbs. Yeah, that's it. Sure 300 will be enough, dearie? That'll hardly light up the country as far as Kansas City. <laughs> no, no kidding, Molly. You gotta allow for some of them burning out. I've had experience with these things. I'll bet you two bucks, kiddo, that the first person that comes to the door says, you got the prettiest decorated house on the whole block. Well, make it six dollars. I want that one across the board. Okay. <laughs> six bucks it is. Okay, bud, we got the bulbs, the wire, five rolls of friction tape, four bags of nails, two cartons of holly, and five dozen assorted sockets. Sockets. Check? Well, uh, we'd prefer cash. <laughs> I mean, you check with me on the list? Oh, oh, yes. A check, Mr. McGee, yes. <laughs> check. Hey, wait a minute. I'll need a couple of stepladders. Good stout stepladders. Well, I'll have to go out and get those, Mr. McGee. We keep the stepladders in the back room on account of shoplifters. I'll send the boy in with them. Hell, Herb! McGee, for what you're spending on this project, why you could hire three... Well, hello there, McGee. Hello, missus. Hello, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Hey, don't tell me you're buying all this electric stuff. What you gonna do, McGee? Build a television station? He's gonna decorate the front of our house for Christmas, Ollie. Yeah. He seems to have it confused a little with the Pentagon building. Ah, wait till you see it, Ollie. It's gonna be beautiful. You decorate your house this year? Oh, yeah, sure, but not so fancy as you, McGee. Oh? We just hung up some holly and a little piece of miserable toe. <laughs> you mean mistletoe, Ollie? To kiss all my wife's relatives under it, Mrs., it's miserable, too. Got all your Christmas shopping done, Ollie? Well, not quite, McGee. Mm -hmm. For my littlest kid, Sven, I got to get electric train. Oh. You know, that you drop in some smoke pills and that makes it just like a real shoe-shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Must be very amusing. Oh, I wasn't laughing at the train, Mrs., huh? I was laughing because last year my wife's brother, Thor, he swallowed three of those smoke pills by mistook for headache. <laughs> my gosh, Ollie, what happened? Well, he yelled out toot toot and then he ran down the basement, filled his pockets with soft coal, shugs upstairs to the living room and smoke coming out both ears. <laughs> the last we hear of him, we get called from the roundhouse. Uncle Thor is there asking somebody to escape his border. Yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh, 
if I've forgotten everything now. Let's see. Wire, bulbs, pliers, tape, wires, step ladders, nails. If you overlook anything, they can send it out in two or three truckloads. <laughs> well, here comes the lad with the ladders now, so let's uh, be on... Pardon me, sir, but I got a couple of flatters here. Are these yours? <laughs> How's that, bud? Oh, the ladders. Oh, the step ladders. Yeah, yeah, just set them down there. Oh, whew. glad to. Yes, you must be a little tired by now. I imagine this has been a rough week for you clerks. Oh, I don't mind the work so much, but I don't feel so good today. I got up twirly. You got up twirly? <laughs> yes, ma'am, I didn't get enough sleep getting up swirly. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bet you don't, bud. Like Ben Franklin used to say, twirly to bed and swirly to rise makes a man dizzy. <laughs> yeah, makes me tired, too. I like to sleep late. But this morning, I had to get a potato clock. <laughs> really? I've never seen a potato clock. Do they make them out of the whole potato or just the peel? Oh, no. No, I, I guess you didn't understand me, sir. Oh. I mean, I got up early this morning. Eight o'clock. Oh, per- oh, eight bells. Well, well, help me get this stuff out the car, bud, and we'll be on. All right, sir, right away. And any time you need anything else, just call up here and ask for Herbert Tapple. Well, thank you, Mr. Tapple. We'll oh, no, 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 not Tapple, ma'am. Apple. Herbert Tapple. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, look, bud, I'll, I'll show you where the car sparked. <laughs> You can carry the junk out. <laughs> Come on, Molly, let's go. I see, Molly, all I got to do is run this wire around the house six or seven times. That's where I was, around back with it. <laughs> Run around the house six or seven times and then hook up the lights to it, see? Run the wire six or seven times around the house? Well, why? Why? To build up the current. You got to understand electricity to know these things. <laughs> you see, that, that acts as an armature. Oh? Steps up the power. I see. You see, electricity is simply the result of friction. It was invented by two guys from Poland, Naprosky and Lavatny. Oh? Nebraska always says, yes, electricity is friction, and Lavatny always says, no, it ain't. And they became known to science as the positive pole and the negative pole. <laughs> so when the positive impulse connected to a negative armature gets a resistance, it sets up a kilowatt. Hence the electrode. You see? No. Well, I'll break it down for you, Tootsie, except here comes La Trivia. Hi, La Trivia. Hello, Your Honor. Oh, hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hey, that's quite a job you've undertaken there. You betcha. I got a six-buck bet with Molly that when I get done with this job, the first person that sees it will say, you got the prettiest decorated house in the whole block. Well, you have enough ungrammatical friends to get pretty good odds on it. <laughs> you care to stay and help, Mr. Mayor? Otherwise, I doubt if he'll be finished by Labor Day. Oh, yeah? I've forgotten more about this stuff than most people ever knew. I wish I could remember some of it. <laughs> But I suppose a politician like you is too busy for such low-type labor, eh, Latrell? Yes, except that I prefer to consider myself a statesman rather than a politician. Mr. Mayor, what is the difference between a statesman and a politician? A statesman is always out to get his country the best deal he can. A politician is always out to get his. <laughs> yeah, that's very good, Latrell. You hear that, Molly? Latrell just made a very neat epigraph. Yes, I heard it. You sure you can't stay and see this uh, demonstration of electrical inefficiency, Mr. Mayor? No, no, I'm afraid not, Molly. I'm on my way over to Westchester. I'm making a speech in favor of John Netcher for dog catcher. Netcher for dog catcher? Westchester, eh? <laughs> oh, that's cute. Who's he running against, Mr. Mayor? A man named Fletcher, Molly. <laughs> Both Netcher and Catcher running for dog Fletcher of Chestwester? <laughs> No, no, no. No, Netcher and Fletcher are running for Dogchester, Westcatcher. 
I mean, dog nature of Fletchwester. Oh. Now, you're a little mixed up, Mr. Mayor. You told us that Mr. Chester and Mr. Ketcher were running for Netch Ketcher or Fletch Netcher. Or was it Dog Fetcher of Net Wetcher? You betcha. No, no. Uh, let me take this slowly, please. Yes, you better. Fletcher and Netcher are running for Dog Catcher of Nest Wetcher. I mean, of Wet Snatcher. Nat Stitched it. Look, I said oh, Nat Now, hold it, Mr. Mayor. Hold it. We better get this straightened out before you try to make a speech in favor of anybody. Yeah. Now, then. You're going to Westchester, right? That is correct. Two guys are running for Dog Fletcher, right? No. They're running for Dog Catcher. In Fletchwester. No, no, no. In Westchester. Oh. Can't you get this straight? It's what? perfectly simple. Fletcher and Wetcher are running for Dog Chester and Nestchester. <laughs> I mean, for Chester and Dog Chester. Oh, blasted! Two minutes ago, I knew who was running for Dog Snatcher of Wet Now I'm sorry I ever met you. <laughs> Merry Christmas and good day! Billy Mills in the orchestra with the Christmas medley. The string of colored lights certainly looks pretty, dearie. You like them, kiddo? Lovely. When are you going to put them up? <laughs> I'm going to start hanging the sockets any minute now. You steady the ladder while I hop down off it, will you? I've got it. Careful now. Oh, Careful okay. of yourself now. I'm... Uh, <laughs> what did I jump on? Well, what would you jump on, dearie? Just a box of light bulbs, that's all. Oh. The only thing you could have jumped on, unless you just landed on the bare ground, of course. Well, so what? I got plenty. Anyhow, uh, look what I'm doing. I got nails drove clean across the front of the house. See, in the shape of letters. Letters to whom? No, no, I mean spelling letters, Molly. All I do now is hang these lights on the nails, turn them on, and presto, the front of our house spells out Merry Christmas in six delicious colors. <laughs> Tricky? That's a wonderful idea, dearie. Yeah, the only thing is I made my letters too big and I started over too far. Oh, well, is that bad? No, only I couldn't get the whole word Christmas on the front here. The 
The TMUS will be around the corner. <laughs> well, that's all right, dearie. Christmas is just around the corner anyway. <laughs> but now, look, you better hurry because it's getting well, late. Well, hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Grab a light bulb and you can help us put in some of these sockets. Oh, know? I'd love to, pal, but I've got lighting problems of my own at home this evening. Going to trim a Christmas tree. That's no problem, Mr. Wilcox, if you have the lights. Well, I checked over the lights last night, Molly. Had four strings left from last year, but three of them wouldn't work. Did you finally find one that would work, Junior? Say, I'm glad you mentioned woodwork, pal. Wow! <laughs> of course, you sort of dragged it in by the heels there, pal. But as long as you brought up the subject of woodwork, let me tell you about the greatest discovery in years for protecting your wood floors and linoleum. It's Johnson's new water-repellent glow coat. Oh, of all the... Look, Junior... Oh, now, McGee, it's Christmas week. Let's humor it. Oh, well... And what did you say that uh, that new discovery is, Mr. Wilcox? Tell us about it. Well, if you insist... Don't crowd your luck. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's the new Johnson self-polishing water-repellent glow coat. The one self-polishing floor wax that does not show cloudy, milky-looking spots when you wipe up dirt and spill things or mop them up with a damp mop. Yeah, we know, Junior, we know. Hush, Whoa. Mickey, hush. Yes, sir. That gleaming wax protection that Glow Coat gives your linoleum stays on and stays bright, even after repeated damp moppings. That means the new water-repellent glow coat will last up to four times longer than before. Isn't that interesting? Why does it last longer, Mr. Oh, Wilcox? Oh, don't encourage him, Molly. Don't encourage him. You know why it lasts longer? Because it's water-repellent. I know, Because but... when you mop up the floor, you don't mop the wax off. That's why housewives are flocking to buy the stuff. Not stuff, pal. Huh? We never refer to the new Johnson self-polishing water-repellent glow coat as the stuff. They buy it because they don't have to put it on their floor. What? As often. Oh. <laughs> so it saves them time and dough because it lasts so much longer. And the new water repellent... Hey, 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 look, Waxy. <laughs> yes, pal? Look, I'd love to stay here and hear more about this wonderful new product, but I've got to run. Where, Mr. Wilcox? In my right sock, you oh. see. Got to go home and change. Have a nice Christmas. Uh, thank you. Oh, gun, I wish I had a flashlight to see these lights with. It's darker here than I thought. You have, dearie. Huh? Flashlight? I had a hunch you might take a little longer than you thought, so what did I do? I brought your old brakeman's lantern out, the oh. one with the green shade. Hello there, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Well, Mr. Old Timer, and hello there, Bessie. Hello, you all. <laughs> Excuse me while I keep working, Old Timer. Hold the light here, Molly. Where have you been? Christmas shopping? Nope, been to the post office, Johnny. Bessie got a letter. Yes, I did. It's a letter from my sister, Mrs. McGee. She's away at finishing school. Well, at finishing school, your sister? I'll read it to you. It says, Buckley Finishing School. Dear Bessie, I'm finished. <laughs> Love, Essie. <laughs> nice letter. Bessie and Essie, eh? Interesting names. Yes. Bessie and Essie was twins at one time, Johnny. Just for a while, of course. Oh, how can you be twins just for a while? How long were you twins, Bessie? Thirty minutes. Hmm. Then my brother Jesse was born and made us triplets. <laughs> oh, Mama had such a great sense of humor. She knew all the answers. Oh, yeah. Speaking of answers, kids, me and Bessie had us quite a time this morning. Went to one of them radio quiz shows. Didn't we, Bessie? <laughs> oh, gracious, yes. The doctor of ceremonies said, is there a dancer among those present? So I did a dance. Jitterbug, Bessie? No, I got up and did... I'll tell this, Bessie, I'll tell it. I started it. O-O-T-U-R-O. <laughs> Bessie's got a habit of hogging all the gab, kids. All she wants for Christmas is her two front teeth kicked in. <laughs> Don't you, baby? Oh, you stop teasing me, O-T. No. Well, sir... Bessie got up at this quiz show, and she'd done a hula hula dance, but the feller made her stop. Yeah? He says, 
No cooching from the audience, please. <laughs> she made a motion before the house and they voted her down, did they? Uh, did you win anything down there? We sure did, Johnny. Yeah? Me and Bessie won us a cocker spaniel and a year's supply of poodle noodles. <laughs> a new flea-repellent dog biscuit. <laughs> Well, now, isn't that nice? Where is the dog now? Is he with you? No, we took him over to my house and fed him, Mrs. McGee. Yep. Took one bite of them poodle noodles and then a bite of Bessie's leg. <laughs> we was in the living room and he bit me right on the settee. Uh. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, he barked, bit Bessie, and bolted. And we ain't seen him since. My gosh. He runs off and leaves you kids with a year's supply of dog biscuits, eh? What are you going to do with them? What are we going to do? Put jelly on them, Johnny. Come on, Bessie. That's how you all. Merry Christmas. Well, so long, Bessie. Well, I hope you're nearly finished, McGee. But it's so dark I can hardly see up on that ladder. You are on the ladder, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm up here. Hold the brakeman's lantern over here, will you? I'm almost through, and ah, there's the last bulb in. Well, thank goodness. Now uh, get down off that ladder before you now break just your... a second, kiddo. I'll be right down. As soon as I turn the juice on by twisting these two little wires together, I got them right here, and... except this little brakeman's lantern, and I'm going to hang it up here on the steps so we can see our way through this mess. Are you hurt, No, Jimmy? but let's get in the house before the neighbors start beeping. My, my. Come on in the living room, dearie. Oh, gone it here. We planned the prettiest decorations in the whole neighborhood, and what do we wind up with? Well, a green lantern shining on the front porch. The only light in the whole block, and the only... Uh-oh. Now, if that's one of our nosy neighbors snooping around here, trying to find out who blew out his lights, I'll tell him to come in. Hi, mister. Oh, Teeny. <laughs> Hi, Teeny. Teeny. Now, look, if your old man, or if your father sent you over here to beef about his lights being out... Oh, no, mister, no. I just came to tell you, you've got the prettiest decorated house in the whole block. Yeah, but... I... What did you say? Who? You. When? Just now. About what? About we got the prettiest decorated house in the whole block. I know it. It's just peachy, the simplicity of it. When I saw that green lantern shining on the faces of all those carolers out there. Carolers? What carolers, Teeny? I didn't hear any carolers. Sure you didn't, I bet you. They, they haven't started yet. Hey, Kenny and Ratty and Buddy and Johnny, come on in, kids. Oh, oh hello, boy. Carolers, sit down, and you sit over there, Diane. Ready, gentlemen? And a one, and a two, and a three. Oh, my. 
tire. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw open the sash. Then, what to my wondering, I should appear on a miniature sleigh. And a tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick that I knew right away that it must be St. Nick. All bundled in fur from his head to his foot, old Santa was covered with ashes and soot. I drew in my head and was turning around when down the chimney he came with a bow. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow, we wrap up the week with Nightbeat, followed by Fibber McGee and Molly. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. 
The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.